Hello there and a very warm welcome to Des's Island Discs. In a hectic world, this is a little oasis of calm and nostalgia from our guests who choose pieces of music that remind them of a particular time or story from their life or career. Now, if you're listening on podcast, we cannot play the music because of copyright laws. But really, this is about stories. So let's hear them. Des's Island Discs on RTE Radio 1. Today's guest is a legend of Kerry football, winning a host of All-Ireland football medals, scored a hat-trick of goals in the 1978 All-Ireland football final. It's a pleasure to welcome Owen Bomberliston. And Owen, for a man who was to have so much success at senior level, it was unusual you didn't play underage for Kerry, am I right? 100% right, Des. I wasn't good enough to get on the minor team and... I, I, I was lucky enough even to get on the divisional side that time with Shannon Rangers. But I think a year later I grew three or four inches and I think that might have helped a bit, you know. <laughs> when you went into senior, I mean, it was at the peak of this Dublin-Kerry rivalry. There was a hell of a buzz around that, wasn't there? There was. Um, like, Kerry had won in 75, Dublin had won in 76. I had gone in training for my first year with the seniors in 77 and I knew the lads were hurting and that they had really trained and prepared really hard that year. I was number 24 sub on that famous semi-final match and the Dubs won that after a fantastic game. That October was my first year then playing for the Kerry Seniors in the league. But the following year, the 78 All-Ireland was to be sensational. Kerry won it 5-11 to 9 points but it was an extraordinary game. Yeah, it was an extraordinary game. We thought we were going to be hammered. Again, they went, the Dubs win 6-1 up. And I'd say Mikey Sheehy's free that time did major psychological damage because we had played terrible in that first half. And then everything just seemed to go right for us and, and we won convincingly in the end, you know? Yeah, but you got three goals now, which, you know, you're, you're a modest man, but I mean, that's such a rare thing for an All-Ireland final, but it instantly made you a hero, didn't it? It did, yeah. I thought it was going to be happening every year, Des. <laughs> but I'm afraid it only happened once in in all the years. But, um, at, you know, but it was a, a great thrill even just to be there. And I think the real thing was just to win your first All-Ireland medal. That is what every fella is trying to do, just to win one. And um, I just settled for that at that stage. And um, anything after that was a bonus. And was it around that time, Owen, you went teaching down in Waterville, where Mick O'Dwyer was living and was based? That's right. Um, 1977, that, that September, I got a teaching post in Waterville, and um, I was teaching also in Carsevine, and it was just fantastic times, you know. I had Mick as my personal trainer, and uh, it was just brilliant times. You know, you were young, you were getting fit, and, you know, lovely people down there um, loved every minute of it. But, but Miko kept a special eye on you, didn't he? He did. You know, he's called called for me any nights we were in training with Kerry. He'd be calling to the to to my digs, uh, looking for me and taking me out to do extra runs. And eventually, I did a deal with him to, that he'd have to ease off a bit in Killarney, just so that uh, that I wouldn't be overtrained. Well, it was it was hard for you to slip away for a few pints then, when you because at this stage you're now celebrating all Ireland's etc. Oh, in fairness, it's just what the modern players are putting in now. The sacrifices they are making. At least you know once the once the all Ireland was over September, we had October, November, December, January, and February, and I often took March as well. I'll tell you <laughs> days, you know. <laughs> but uh, it was great because like you you'd go for the odd run, but there was no pressure so. It was a six-month season 
No, the only pressure was when Mikko was calling to the houses, you know, and he'd, he'd be watching me to see was I putting on weight and keeping an eye on me, but it was great for me to have that, like, you know, just improve me hugely as a player. But wasn't that the downside, that naturally, six or seven, you would be putting on weight over over, over the, the, the spell off? Yeah, but it, it was, but I think... It's, I think it is a good thing to have a, a down time, do you know? Um, some players stay at the same level the whole time. When you get into bad shape and the next thing you're killed for two or three months and you start seeing yourself making progress again, do you know, you reach a fantastic level of fitness and, and motivation and the adrenaline is flowing and I think it is, it is good for fellas to have a bit of downtime like that, you know? Yeah, sure. Mikko, though, would bring some of you back in earlier for the training, wouldn't he? That's right. The heavies, some the fatties, we were often caught as well by him. And he'd not only do that, but he'd bring the likes of Ogie or Mick Spillane, the real hairs, in as well, <laughs> just to keep the pace up, like, you know. But you had Sean Welsh and Tim Kennelly, God rest him, and Paddy Shea, God rest him, myself. Um, yeah. the, we were the heavy gang, and... Um, we felt in the summer we pulled our part as well, you know. Yeah, of course. But, and, but God, you had to work hard though, didn't you? Yeah, it, it was. But you know, when you were going through the pain together, and uh, you know, it, was, it wasn't too bad. Mm. But uh, great memories, days. Yeah, and you, you had two kind of great rivals. Like, people often associate <clears> you with Dublin, but of course, to get out of Munster, Cork had very good teams around that spell as well. And oh, they had, they had fantastic players, and Billy Morgan driving them on. Uh, playing and then driving them on. You know, there were Dinny Allen, Jimmy Barry Murphy, Dave Barry, Niall Cahillan, Coleman Corrigan. These are just names. And then Larry Tompkins and uh, Shea Fahey. You know, they had, they had serious players and serious teams. And I know they, they think that Mikko was only cutting them, telling them they were the second best team. But there was an awful lot at stake days in those matches because it was knockout. And our whole summer was gone like happened in 83, you know, you're just gone, all the fun is gone and um, when you're beaten. So we never took Cork lightly and knew we were going to uh, have it put up to us and most of the times they did and gave us great battles, you know. Your first musical choice, Owen Liston, is, is, I take it, from those days in South Kerry, is it? That's right, yeah. Um, I love uh, Neve Parsons uh, and Arcady playing the Boys of Barnashrada. Uh, it was written by Sigerson Clifford, who was from Carseveen, a very famous poet, playwright uh, down there. And um, he just has written some fabulous stuff about Kerry. And he has that poem about I am Kerry and the races in Carseveen, Brother Mick. He's just fabulous. I love his stuff, lovely rhyming in it. And um, that, I think, is the best Kerry song. And, you know, um, I just, the boys of Barnashrada. Des's Island Discs on RTE Radio 1. That's Neve Parsons and the boys of Borna Schroeder, the choice of today's guest, Kerry football legend Owen Liston. Uh, to move on to your, your, your second musical choice, and Owen, it's, it's, it's Shane McGowan. Now, people who know you know that you love a sing song yourself. You're, I, I know nobody um, loves a sing song more than you. <laughs> I don't know. I do like an old an old sing song. All right, there's uh, um, I think there's a, a good way of relaxing, and um, I've my mates seem to like it as well. So that we have we have a lot of lot of good fun towards the end of the night. Yeah. But Shane McGowan is a favourite of yours. Yeah, I just love his music. Loved his songs. I was a fierce fan of his. Um, 
But uh, on one occasion, I got to actually meet him. There's, I was up in Dublin at work, and um, I was with a few work colleagues, and it was getting late, and Shane arrived in with three or four buddies, and, God, I knew straight away it was him, and um, I was going to hang on anyway. And the next thing, the numbers were getting fewer and fewer, and then there was only a few left, and a fella came over to me, and he said, would you like to meet Shane McGowan? God, I said, I'd love to. So I went over and was introduced to him and he was chatting away. I knew he was from Pukan in, in, in Tipperary and that, um, but we're chatting away and next thing it ended up we were the only two left. <laughs> and then it ended up that we sang three or four songs together. Just, it was just for me it was beautiful. I, I asked him for his autograph and he, he wrote to Bomber, be happy always, Shane McGowan. And he eventually we called a taxi and he dropped me off at my hotel and it was just a special night. Uh, and I love, love his, his music. Out of curiosity, can you remember what you were singing? I do. Rainy Night in Soho, um, Pair of Brown Eyes, uh, Fairy Tale in New York. <laughs> we, we went through a good few of them days. Yeah. And he didn't mind the way you were singing them? <laughs> he didn't. I'd say he didn't understand the way I was singing. I was hitting all the bum notes, like, but he'd, be, he'd bring me back in with his, his melodic voice, you know. Yeah. He's he's a remarkable man. I mean, the quality of his songwriting. He's a poet, isn't he? Oh, poet and oh, fabulous stuff that he has written. And just to read it is beautiful. And then when you have the beautiful music, and uh, hero, legend, <laughs> brilliant, love, love, love his stuff. Des's Island Discs on RTE Radio One. That's rainy night in Soho from Shane McGowan. The choice of today's guest, Kerry footballer Owen Liston. Oh, when you were blessed with Kerry, that in winning the All Ireland, you used to between going as All Ireland champions, or you got to see the world a lot, didn't you? Oh, absolutely. I was in Australia in four different decades. We've in America, I suppose, twenty or thirty times there. That time we'd even be going out for weekends. I remember I got suspended on one, one occasion for one of those weekend trips. But, you know, it was just fantastic. And it was the, what I got most out of the football was those trips, the fun we had together and the friends we made. And, you know, travelling the world with your friends, close friends, it's as good as it gets, like, you know. And um, that's fabulous. What I got out of football is uh, the, the memories I got through those trips. And, you know, I'll, I'll never forget them. Yeah. And when you'd go to America, for instance, I mean, you'd, you'd sometimes play a match, but sure, you'd be out, you'd, I presume you'd be out half the nights before the matches. Well, it, it depended on what it was, Des, but you, most of the time, like, uh, the, if it was an all-star trip and Kerry had won, you were playing uh, uh, the all-stars without the Kerry lads, like, you know? Yeah. And if you had won the All-Ireland, there was no pressure on, and Mikko, in fairness, wouldn't put too much pressure on the, for those matches. So... Um, You'd, you'd, you'd try to treat him with respect without, without as best you can, like, you know, but there was, there was always good fun going on the few nights before it. And, uh, but you'd still, you'd still conscious putting on the Kerry jersey that you, you weren't, that, and that for the sake of the other lads you were playing against, you were going to show the game respect, like, you know. You got the ultimate trip, though. I remember at the time working for the Kerry man, Kerry going on a world tour. That's right, in 81. That's right, yeah. Um, that was a trip of a lifetime. We 33 days in Hawaii, on to Australia, all through Australia, and back by San Francisco, New York. It was just a trip of a lifetime. 
and and the sing songs <sighs> and the crack and yet some characters you see as you mentioned like you mentioned poor old Paddy who's passed away now but you you that team had great characters ah they had you know we we just bonded well like you know Mikey Powery Spillane Ogie myself the Jacko you know and then in the backs you know the the O'Keefe's John super player like Tim Kennelly uh, Paddy Shea you know Paddy Lynch Brendan Lynch you know they were just fabulous bond within the team and then having that fun together uh, was just it was just lovely the, the rivalry with the dubs Owen how how intense was that hmm. Be, being quite honest it was very intense um, there was a fierce you, what you had there is that you had Mick O'Dwyer who was obsessive about football and you had Kevin Heffernan who was obsessive and they were both hated to lose and they were Two fierce competitors, like you know, and any team that was being managed was was going to be driven to the limit, and uh, I think that that's what you need, and that's what raised the bar at that time, and have no doubt about it. It hurt us hugely to lose in seventy six and seventy seven, um, you know, uh, and then we went on a great run um, there where we had their measure, and I think in fairness to that Dublin team. Um, we, the age difference may like they had the, they were there a lot earlier than we were saying the 74 final they won and they were there in 73 4 early you know a lot longer than yeah. we were so the average age I'd say was at least four years older than our average age mm-hmm. and that made the difference in the finish I think you know yeah. and yet despite the intensity of that rivalry and there were fights and the friendship mm. that existed between you subsequently was equally extraordinary. Yeah, and I'd say an awful lot of that had to do with, with uh, in fairness, in list all races. There's, um, <laughs> they'd, they'd always come down a good bunch of them. And it was there when the pressure was off. And they had great memories of coming down when, when they'd won 76, when they'd won 77. So they still, in fairness, came in 78 and 79. And um, that just showed, like, you know, we were able to park it then. And I think no one lost any respect. We had huge, huge respect for each other, being in the battle against each other, and it was all part, and we had fun together then. And it has lasted to this day. There's golf, through golf now, you'd, they have golf classics, and Kerry have golf classics. And, you know, we'd travel up and they'd travel down, and we'd meet them before all islands and different functions and and just saying as much as ever just great friends and part of a great combined um circus yeah circus is right but i've I've (laughs) seen like when you're in dublin the dublin fans enjoy the slagging with you don't they Oh, they do. In fairness, I, I've never had any problem with that. You know, we we can give as as good as we got. But, you know, the the, the Dublin, the amount of people who come up and say, God almighty, you broke our hearts. Do you know, and in fairness, uh, you you get the slagging as well. But sure, it is all beautiful stuff. And the dubs come down to Kerry in holidays and we'd go up and it is nothing on the good banter. And they're having a great run now, though, I'll tell you, after the five in a row, yeah. and fair play to them and their supporters. Um, I'll sown it into us, but we have to take it, Des. <laughs> yeah, yeah. we, sh- we should point out that you were an international footballer because the compromise rules, you were involved in that as well, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, that's right. Sounds great, an international. <laughs> um, but no, I, I love that, you know, the, the being part of that. I was part of it in, in uh, 84, and uh, we had a fantastic trip in 1990, 
um, Tony Scullin and Stephen O'Brien are coming to mind straight away and uh, you had uh, Paul Curran and Keith Barr and Kevin Fagan they were all uh, on that trip and um, it was just mighty mighty crack and mighty fun and um, you know it is it's unusual. I, I just love the series, really, like, you know? Yeah, it's unusual. It allows you to be a teammate with the lads who are normally your, your opposition. Exactly, yeah. And the matches are taken serious, have no doubt about that, like, you know? And then there's downtime and people bond together and have a good bit of crack and good bit of singing and a bit of fun and blackguarding and yeah. sure that's lovely. Yeah. You you also went into management with with Cairns O'Reilly's and, and you had great success, hadn't you? That's right, Davis. Um, it took me a while, says you. But uh, yeah, we won the championship. You know, they hadn't won the championship for a long time, and uh, we had we we won it in two thousand and three, and it was my last year. Um, Mike, Mikey Kane, a good friend of mine there from Strandwell, always says, "Geez, it took you long enough, you know, <laughs> after about seven years." So yeah, but, but they hadn't <laughs> but, won um, it for forty years or something. Should they hadn't for more than that? Yeah, but but yeah, should that made it all the sweeter and. Um, I must say I've made great friends there and uh, love love watching the lads now with Tommy Welsh and Ogis David and uh, all the players that they have now and you know I like still get a great thrill out of going up watching watching them uh, playing you know. He's coming through yeah you you didn't stay as a teacher sure you didn't so. I didn't no I I was teaching for eight years and then I worked for the GA actually days for a year. Um, I'd say I was the first paid coach by the GA back in 85 and then I eventually was looking to get a teaching job above in North Curry and um, I went into the financial services and I was managing a building society for 23 years and um, I'm a financial advisor now with, with the last 10 years and I am self-employed now, went out on my own. We have our own company you now, Lee Maguire, a colleague of mine, he is the office over in Killarney, Maguire Liston, and I'm run the Trilly office here and uh, love what I met. And and do people call in for advice but end up chatting football with you? That's that absolutely I've no problem doing that. <laughs> um people at Kerry have been very good to me over the years in business and um anything they want to talk about. I'll talk about him and we'll try to give him good sound financial advice then on pensions, investments and all that stuff. You're a keen golfer as well. Yeah, love love the golf days, you know. Um, my father bought me life membership in Belly Bunyan and I'm a member with the last 30 years now here in Tralee. Two fantastic golf courses and oh, I love love a four ball there. Couldn't couldn't beat it there in the evenings, even heading out for nine holes, they'd often do us, but we'd play 18 too. But uh, have great fun days out of the golf. And your final musical choice, Owen, listen. My final one, um, to by the killers, all the things that I've done, but to just why, why it's special to me is whenever I hear it, it just gives me a lift days because uh, my kids, I associate the song with um, their friends, their cousins, either at Christmas time or in a party in my house and uh, and they're belting it out. Um, just a beautiful, lively song and um, often kept me awake at night going back to years, but um, just gives me a lift every time I hear it. All right, well, we'll play out on that. Continued success to you. Lovely chatting with you, and Listen, the song, All the Things That I've Done. If we'd only been able to repeat half of them here, it would have been great. <laughs> Thanks, Owen. <laughs> Cheers, Des. Bye, bye, bye. Des's Island Discs on RTE Radio 1.